You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 139. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should do. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a wealth advisor, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, and it is great to see you today. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the Best in Wealth Podcast. If you're a long time, thank you for tuning in today. And for everybody listening, if you get something out of this show, do me the biggest favor. Go to the Purple iTunes podcast app and leave Best in Wealth a review. That would make my day. And on top of all that, go to bestinwealth.com, check out the new website, and know that things are looking up with Best in Wealth. We are getting more and more listeners. I hired a production company to help edit the podcast and write the show notes so I have more time to research and put out great content. Now, the topic of the day is coronavirus and your investments. But before we get to the topic of the day, what do you do when your kids get hurt? What's your instinct when your kids get hurt? That is, if you have kids, what do you do? My instinct is when my kid falls down, scrapes her knee, hits her head, my instant reaction is, you're going to be fine. Why do I do that? Because all three of my kids have an extremely low tolerance for pain, and I don't want to give them the idea that they should cry every time they bump their elbow on something. The funny bone can cause a lot of tears in my family. So, What is your default? Mine is you're fine. Now, my wife, on the other hand, her default is ice pack. You hit your head, let's get some ice. You hit your funny bone, let's get some ice. Your feelings got hurt, let's get an ice pack for that. But in all honesty, I cannot stand it when my kids are sick. When they have the flu or some other kind of virus. I just want to take it from them and put it on myself. I do not like when they're sick. My default when they're sick is how can I take this away from you and put it on me? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, topic of the day. How will the coronavirus affect my investments. So I have scoured the internet these past bunch of hours looking 
for information about the coronavirus, investments, past epidemics, etc., to try and make some sense out of what's going on in the market with coronavirus. Now, I need to be honest with you here. Today is February 27th, and now that I've hired a production crew, this next episode will not go out for a week and a day. So the information that I'm giving you, I think, is extremely relevant. Don't turn it off because it's a it's a week later, but know that a couple of these numbers that I'm going to give you are going to obviously change. Where I stand right now, Thursday, February 27th, the stock market has just basically hit correction territory. Stock market is down again today. A correction is a 10% drop from its high. We're pretty much there right now. The other thing I want you to know is I'm not a doctor. I'm a financial advisor. I am not an expert on pandemics, but I have read a lot about recency bias. And recency bias is us forgetting things that have happened in the recent past because all we can concentrate on is the now. Because when we open the newspaper or turn on the TV or open our Facebook or any other social media app or talk to our friends, we're talking about coronavirus right now. And I want to make sure that we look at the recent past and just see what it tells us about what might be going on right now. Let's look at some past viruses to try and gain some perspective. Now, there's always a chance that this outbreak could be a lot worse than some of these other outbreaks, but it is still in our best interest to at least educate ourselves to make sure we don't fall victim to recency bias. So as I said, I scoured the internet and I'm going to post some links at bestandwealth.com under the show notes. We're going to have awesome show notes now. Go to bestandwealth.com, look at episode number 139 and you'll find all the show notes to this week's episode. And I've looked at different articles like the one by Annie Nova at CNBC, the one by Mark DeCambre at Market Watch. Rick Rabin did an article from Lifetime Capital Group. Jeffrey Kellentop from Charles Schwab. I'm looking at all of these along with looking at some of the health organization stuff to come up with this information that I'm going to provide with you today. So the current toll with the coronavirus as of just a few hours ago is it has affected 82,550 people. That's the number of people who have contracted the coronavirus. The number of deaths as of this podcast, 2,810. That's what we're dealing with right now. And as far as the stock market goes, we're looking at about a 10% drop since when this whole thing started towards the end of December. What about other pandemics? Things like the swine flu, SARS. You remember SARS? 
And what about the bird flu? Do you remember the bird flu? Well, let's look at SARS first. SARS happened in early 2003. It briefly added to the pressures of the global markets at the time when the economy was emerging from the bubble. We were just getting over the invasion in Iraq, and the impact was felt mostly in Asia, where the outbreak was mostly concentrated. Airlines were affected big time because travel declined. The World Bank estimated that the SARS virus reduced global GDP by $33 billion. Seems like a ton, doesn't it? But think about the flu. In the United States alone, the flu every year costs about $10 billion in lost output in the United States alone. So when the SARS outbreak happened in 2003, the stock market wasn't phased because we were in an expansion. The first month of SARS, market was up 8.6%. After six months, it was up 21.5%. Compared to Corona, after the first month, we were up still a little over 0.6 of 1%. Because remember, it happened and started in December and the stock market was still going up. And now we're down about 10%. So that's a major difference. Okay, what about the bird flu? The bird flu didn't affect nearly as many people as, let's say, Corona or SARS, but the death toll when you contracted it was much higher. So it was very, very scary. In June of 2016, When the bird flu broke, the Federal Reserve hiked rates for the 17th meeting in a row. Imagine that in the kind of basically zero interest rate territory we've been in for years and years. Polls at the time found that one third to one half of respondents were at least somewhat concerned about the bird flu outbreak in the United States. I mean, it was pretty lethal when you got it, but at the same time, it was pretty short-lived. So the avian flu or the bird flu, after one month, the market was flat. After six months, the market was up 10%. And what about the swine flu? In April of 2009, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced that the swine flu that spread from its apparent origin in Mexico to the United States could not be contained. We had a brand new strain of flu and the Obama administration declared a public health emergency. You know what happened in the markets? Nothing. Well, actually something. The markets continued to climb. Think about where we were. 2008, Great Recession until March of 2009. What we could have seen was more of a recession because of this. But instead, after the first month, market was up 11%. And after six months, market was up 40%. Now, the number of people that contracted the swine flu is somewhere between 700 million and 1.5 billion people. That is an outrageous number thinking that Corona has hit 82,000. I'm not saying Corona's not going to get to swine level because it might. I have no idea. But the swine flu affected 
up to 1.5 billion people with, I think, about a half a million deaths, 12,500 alone in the U.S. The swine flu was big. The market continued to climb. Now, we have to put this all into perspective, though. We have to put it into perspective because each time one of these pandemics happen, we're in different stages in the economy. It might be expansion. It might be during a time where we're getting closer to a recession or a bear market anyway. I mean, think about where we're at right now. All right, we just hit correction territory. We average a correction about once a year. We didn't see one in 2019 at all. Last one we saw was fourth quarter of 2018. And before that was a while. But if we look at some of these other viruses like Ebola in 2018, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. After one month, market's down 7.4%. After six months, we're down 3.5%. So got half of that back after six months. 1994, the pneumonic plague. After one month, down 2.8%. After six months, we're down 4.3%. When I look at all these pandemics... Mostly, I'm seeing that the market recovered very quickly after the outbreak, within six months. So when I say quickly, I'm saying within six months. And like I said before, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the coronavirus. I hope you don't get it. I hope my kids don't get it. I hope I don't get it. I don't want anyone to contract this virus. And there's always a chance that this outbreak could have much greater consequences. The global economy and markets have been relatively immune to the effects of past viral epidemics. I mean, even when the global economy was vulnerable to a shock, short-term dips in stocks tended to be followed by a continuation of an upward trend. And what I'm seeing when I look at all the statistics, the more the stock market or the quicker it goes down, the quicker it snaps back. Because this is what you're going to read either today or next week. I mean, we are on track to have one horrible week this week. In fact, we may not have a week like this. We may not have had one like this since 2008. And whenever we reference something like 2008, oh, it scares all of us. It scares us a lot. I mean, it scares me too. There's going to be all kinds of news stories that are going to just freak you out. But how do I react with my portfolio? So we know all these numbers, and we don't know exactly where this pandemic is headed. But what happens next? If the spread of coronavirus tracks a pattern similar to those tracked in the past by the World Health Organization, the number of confirmed cases will rise sharply for 8 to 10 weeks. We're in this period right now. Then usually, not always, the infection rate will likely start to taper off into the spring months. Travels may start to return, along with consumer spending, setting for an economic rebound in the second quarter, similar to the timeline that we had in SARS in 2003. The sharper the downturn, 
the sharper the rebound is in store. But I know what your question might be. The next question is, is it different this time? Well, yes, because every time is a little bit different. I mean, we need to be careful about making simple comparisons to the past because every virus is unique. And China is much more integrated into the global economy today than it was 10 years ago. I think a good thing is that China was very responsible in shutting down these cities where it was just spreading rapidly. And I don't know what the number is, but I think in China you're seeing less cases than you were during their initial spike. But again, anything can happen. I mean, the economic cost of this lost production due to these shutdowns and the resources devoted to the crisis will have some sort of a potential trigger And that trigger could be a recession in the global economy that maybe already was vulnerable to a recession depending on where we're headed next. We don't time any of this. We don't know what's going to happen to this virus. We don't know how many people are going to contract it. We don't know when the next recession is coming. So is it different this time? Yes. But what does that mean we do with our 401ks, with our IRAs, with our investments? What do we do? Well, I think Rick Rabin of Lifetime Capital Group said it best that the advice right now should be pretty simple. Do try to avoid any health risk through good hygiene. Wash your hands. Have your kids wash their hands. When they come home from school, get them in the bathroom washing their hands. Have you and have your kids cover your mouth when you cough. Eat well. Exercise. Get plenty of sleep. Those are the things that we can do in the near term. But when it comes to our 401ks and our IRAs, we need to go back to our investment policy statement. What is the risk level that you're at? And we need to know that the investments that you're in, you are in this for the long term. A short-term pandemic outbreak does not mean that we need to change our portfolios. Warren Buffett said just that this week. Because we're long-term investors. And whether you have 40 years to invest or if you're in retirement right now, you're still a long-term investor. If you're in retirement, is your portfolio set up in a way that when the markets are down, you have the right asset classes to live off of, to produce that monthly check, to wait for the market to recover. It's exactly what my clients did in the fourth quarter of 2018. That's how we work their portfolio. That's how you add value to portfolios. Markets recover, now we produce that retirement check with stocks. We need to stay calm in areas like this when we get into them and not make quick emotional decisions, short-term emotional decisions on our long-term investments. When we do that, we end up risking our greatest chance for success because what's going to make us winners? How are we going to win with our retirement? It's going to be discipline. All right, you guys, 
wash your hands. Make sure your kids wash your hands. And I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.